0: our Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network,
1: your team every day.
0: Welcome to Locked On Mariners, your home for daily Seattle Mariners news and analysis. Thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms, of course. And today is Monday, November 8th, 2021. I am your host, Ty Dan Gonzalez, joined as always by my co-host, Colby Patnode. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez. That's D-A-N-E. G-N-Z-L-Z, and Colby at CPAT11, that's cpat 11 Be sure to also check out our Patreon where we talk about the Mariners even more. I'll also get into some non-baseball talk twice a week. New episode dropping for our Tier 2 and 3 patrons later today. Visit patreon.com forward slash control the zone if you want to listen to that. But today on Locked On Mariners, it is Mailbag Monday. You sent us some Mariners questions. We're going to answer them here on air. And if you like what you hear, give the show a follow or subscribe. Wherever you're listening to this, we greatly appreciate it. So free agency has officially begun. Nothing has really happened on the Mariners front. Some uh, reports here and there. John Morosi reaffirmed the Mariners' interest in Marcus Simeon today. Uh, But overall, uh, not not a ton going on in the Mariners' sphere just yet. The GM meetings begin tomorrow, so maybe something will uh, get started there. But we have a very simple question to kick things off here from Always Alvy at Amazing Alvy 123 When will the first move happen?
1: Colby? Yeah, you know, I, I would expect it to be sometime before Wednesday would be my guess. Um, but yeah, you know, there, there's not a lot of like specific rumors. Apparently Mark Canna is still in Seattle, which... I mean, I don't know. Whatever, <laughs> whatever that's worth to you. Um, and then obviously, Morosi came out today and he he linked uh, Marcus Simeon and uh, to the Mariners officially, even though we already knew that was going to happen. And and John Heyman with some just some dynamite reporting saying the Mariners are going to spend <laughs> this winter. Which I don't know if you knew this tie, but everybody else in the northern hemisphere did. We already knew the Mariners <laughs> were going to do that, so. A plus reporting there from John Heyman. Um, but yeah, I, I still, yeah, I, <laughs> he's always on top of things, man. The first, always with the first scoop, but um, <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, or uh, I, I think the Mariners are probably going to get busy here pretty quickly. Um, I just, I, I wouldn't expect anything like, I, I don't think they're signing Simeon before the shutdown or, or Bryant or whoever. So um, first mm. move, probably coming in the next couple of days, if not the next couple of hours, but I wouldn't expect it to be like a star or anything like that.
0: Yeah. The correct answer is pretty much right. As soon as we're done with our string of podcasts recording here on Monday, uh, because you know, that's just what Jerry DePoto does. I mean, last week we were rattling off our off season plan to our, uh, all of our patrons and like 20 minutes in what happens. Yusei Kikuchi declines his option (laughs) that kind of threw our, our whole plan for a loop. So just kind of seems like we're, we're never in the right place at the right time when it comes to the Mariners making moves, but who knows? Uh, I'm hoping that a move happens soon here though. So, uh, we have, Something actually tangible to talk about. Uh, but we have a, uh, a question here about a pitcher that has reportedly become available. And we kind of presume that he was going to become available because of what's going on with Cincinnati and how it seems like they're pretty much heading for a fire sale this offseason, looking to cut payroll. They obviously just waved way mildly when they could have probably gotten something for him. Uh, but Keith at Keith's Trees or Keith's Tees rather uh, wants to know does uh, a trade package for Luis Castillo look like? And we also got a similar question from uh, Jordan Lovett, our buddy at Mormon pizza man on Twitter, who actually had a uh, another uh, Reds Mariners trade as well. So actually that doesn't have to do with Castillo, but it does have to do the do with the Reds. So we'll get to that in a second. But Colby, what do you think a uh, a trade package for Castillo looks like?
1: Um, it's going to be pricey. Yeah. Um... Castillo mm-hmm. still has two years of club control left. Uh, he's very, uh, very good. Um, he hasn't exactly hit his ceiling yet, which is um, po- possibly beneficial to Seattle. Uh, he he turns twenty nine in a couple of weeks, so not super young, but not old. Hasn't really hit his ceiling yet, but continues to be very good. Um, he's gonna he's gonna cost you something here. So I, I I think you know the Reds are probably gonna start by asking for. Julio and, and Kirby and all of that um, and that that's just a hard pass so uh, for me you know Castillo is a, a number three uh, a strong number three um, and that's worth at least starting the discussion with uh, you know some guy if you, the best prospect I could see them moving is Noelvi and that's only because he's so far away even then I don't think they'd actually move him so uh, mm-hmm. I would look at guys like Brandon Williamson and uh, possibly Levi stout uh, somebody in that range. Uh, I, I could also see Cincinnati really liking Kyle Lewis um, as they try to get, you know, lose payroll, but not in such a way that will drive all the fans away, if that makes sense. So, you know, if, if you get back a rookie of the year, right, like Kyle Lewis, that might help kind of, you know, ease the tension from Reds fans. And, and you could throw in a guy like Chris Flexen, as a possibility, as well um, as a cheap alternative to uh, Castillo. So, I, I, if you're looking for a prospect, for me, it starts with the, you know, it probably starts with the Williamsons of the world, uh, the Hancocks, maybe. Um, but I, I, I could see a, a deal here happening where it's major leaguers are involved to get Luis Castillo yep. from the Reds.
0: Yeah, we've talked about it a little bit here with the Reds that major leaguers do make some sense because I think that they are still going to try to be at least mildly competitive next year. Yeah. Um, You know, they got fairly close this year. uh, Kind of hit a little dive there towards the end, but... Um, it would make sense for them if they're kind of entering something of a soft reboot to take on a guy like Chris Flexen or Kyle Lewis or something in a deal there um, so the numbers on, on Castillo this year uh the Ks per nine went down quite considerably from uh from where he was in 2020 and 2019 still averaged over a K per nine uh, just barely. Uh, still, you know, stayed healthy, which has been a huge thing with him. He's been able to stay healthy in all of the last four years. Um, 169 innings in 2018, 190 innings in 2019. Of course there was the shortened season, but he still pitched 70 innings in 2020 and then 187 and two thirds, uh, this year, uh, 33 starts, uh, was had his second highest walks per nine, however, 3.6. Uh, the ERA was higher than it's been since 2018, 3.98, uh, 3.75 FIP, but he was still worth nearly four wins by fan graph standards. So he's he's very good, uh, and he certainly makes the Mariners quite better if uh, if they were able to land him. This really depends on cost, because again, you know you're you're not. I mean, Castillo is not an ace, and you don't want to pay for him like you're trading for one. Um, so let's let's talk about Jordan's idea here, though. Because uh, it also deals with the, uh, the the Reds, and it's actually a trade idea, which we usually do that on Friday. But we, we got a couple of trade ideas on, uh, on Twitter today, so we might go over a couple of those uh, on today's show. But um, Jordan wants to know about trading for Jesse Winker, potentially, now that uh, the Reds have kind of made their statement. He has a trade idea where it's Emerson Hancock and Cade Marlowe slash Corey Rozier cl- uh, slash Jake Fraley. And he says they would have their choice of the three for Jesse Winker. What do you think about that, Colby?
1: Uh, it, again, I don't think it's enough. Yeah, Jesse Winker's pretty good. He's he's really good. Um, yeah. He just had a career year. Yeah. Um, so the Reds, again, how far are they going to take their fire sale? I don't know. They've already cleared about $17 million. And, you know, they've given up about, by 2018 or by 2021 uh, F4, they've given up about six to eight wins uh, in the process, and they've gotten back one prospect. So, I mean, how far are they willing to take that? I, I don't know. Uh, but I, I don't think that they are so desperate to shed salary that they're going to more or less give away jesse winker uh, the guy's just really mm-hmm. good, so uh, I think you need to add more um, but every every player on the Reds who's making money uh, he probably should be uh mentioned and talked about and at least discussed in the Mariner's front office because uh, there's some there's some good pieces there that can help you and, and Winker would be one of them um, but I just I think you're going to have to give up quite a bit. Mm-hmm.
0: All right, got some more questions to answer in just a moment. But real quick a reminder, this episode of Locked On Mariners is brought to you by DirecTV. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called DirecTV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. You're listening to Locked On Mariners. Thank you again for making us your first listen of the day. Every day, we are free and available on all platforms. Tell your friends, family, all of those you know out there who are Mariners fans. Come check us out here for what is going to be an absolutely, incredibly fun, offseason and it's already getting off to a fun start here with the Marcana rumors the Marcus Simeon rumors all that good stuff we're going to answer more questions here starting with Ben J Miller at Ben Diddy on Twitter what would the offseason have to look like for all of Mariners Twitter to be happy with it probably nothing (laughs) I don't think you're going to uh, appease every single person in Mariners Twitter because some people in Mariners Twitter just Thrive to uh, thrive off of uh, complaining. So, um, yeah, uh, I don't think there's going to be an outcome no matter what. No matter what they do, really, even if they have an incredible, you know, San Diego Padres, Miami Marlins type of off season, um, where they get a bunch of superstars and go crazy. I don't uh, even then there's going to be people that complain about it, particularly. Yeah. I probably will <laughs> <laughs> would depending on what they all had to give up and commit to to make that happen but again um, yeah you're not going to be able to make every single person at Mariner's Twitter happy no matter what you do
1: no I mean you could acquire Jose Ramirez and Marcus Simeon and people would still be like well pff, you just gave up Kendall Graveman for nothing then because now Abraham Torres <laughs> worthless like it's not going to happen there's just Mariner fans out there who uh, well they're not really Mariner fans they just like being mad at the Mariners. So it's, it's not going to happen, but, uh, yeah, it just ignore those people.
0: Yeah. All right. Bo Stansfield, uh, at Bo underscore Stansfield. Do you have any targets for off season signings for player development and coaching staff upgrades, possibly in hitting or pitching coaches? Um, we still got to see how, you know, how the staff plays out. We don't have full clarity on who's coming back. Who's not yet. Um, But me personally, you know, really, I think this is only an answer for people that are on the inside because it's so hard for us to know who's doing their job properly, who's not. Because really, in-season success only leans so much on the coaching staff, particularly position coaches, Uh, hitting pitching coaches. You know, we talked about how they're often used as scapegoats for lack of success when that's really not the general, you know, core of the issue. Um, so I wouldn't be able to tell you, honestly, I, I don't really, there isn't really anyone out there that I, uh, or on the staff right now that I think is doing a bad job, uh, or needs to be replaced. Uh, and there's really no one out there that I I'm aware of that I think would be better suited for a coaching spot in Seattle. What about you, Colby?
1: No, it's, it's a little weird. We haven't gotten final confirmation on the coaching staff. Um, that Mm -hmm. usually happens. Uh, before free agency starts, so leads me to believe there might be a change or two, but I, I couldn't even speculate who it is. Um, I like the Mariners' uh, coaching staff at the major league level right now. Um, certainly, no reason to, to fire or move on from Paul. Uh, I forgot his name now. Uh, Paul Woodworth. Pete. Woodworth. Uh, Pete thank you. Pete Woodworth. That was weird. Uh, Pete Woodworth. <laughs> There's no reason to move on from him. There's really no reason to move on from Tim Laker. I know the, the offense was pretty bad last year um but I mean how do you blame that on him I I I don't that doesn't make sense to me so
0: that's a personnel issue that's a yeah. yeah that's not a that's not a coaching staff issue
1: Yeah so it's we'll see what happens it leads me to believe that there might be a change here or there um but I I can't even speculate on who it would be um but yeah it's it's not really our for us to say, we don't we don't have uh, the connections inside the game to uh, to certainly not to not have favorites for like hitting coaches and pitching coaches. If we were looking for managers. I, I could give you a pretty good idea of who'd be on my list, but as for support staff and and you know development guys, I I don't I, my my contacts don't go that deep. So mm-hmm. apologies.
0: All right, so uh, Travis Johannes here has a question about Chris Bryant, who was predicted by a couple of guys over at MLB Trade Rumors today to go to the Mariners this offseason. Uh, and they had him at six years, $140 million. And uh, Travis uh, has seen you know a few predictions on on Bryant to the Mariners today that that has him in that range. What would our thoughts be on that? Uh, because the length to, to Travis here is a little scary to him, uh, but he says he would still do it. What do you think about Bryant? at that kind of commitment at that kind of dollar figure.
1: Yeah. I don't know if he's worth that. Um, Mm. it just certainly at the six one sixty range that, that seems a bit steep to me. Um, and I would probably look elsewhere. Uh, I, would rather, you know, give Marcus Simeon that money, uh, than Chris Bryant, to be honest with you. So, um, yeah, that, that seems a bit high to me. Um, in terms of the years, uh, if, if the only way I can get Chris Bryant is to give him six years, I'm probably not getting Chris Bryant. If, if it's five years and, and, you know, 140 million or whatever, then, then fine. I'll go ahead and I'll do that. But, uh, the six is really the the issue here. It's not the AAV. It's not the the total money. I, I don't really care about that. It's that sixth year. Uh, it's, it's going to be, a, it's going to be probably be a headache, but at the same I time I personally
0: wouldn't want to go I wouldn't go f- more than 4 on him.
1: I might go 5. Like, like that's probably pushing it for me, but I might go 5.
0: It's just uh I don't know. Uh, he's like he's versatile, but he's not a great fielder at either third base or outfield right now, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just that's going to get worse. And it's like Eventually, he's going to end up being a first-base DHT type, you know? Yeah. And I I would assume that's going to happen within the next three to four years, and I would rather have his contract end on at the start of that because he's already 29. You know, mm-hmm. you, you get him for six years. You're looking at Chris Bryant at 35 years old. Uh, plus, he turns 30 in January, by the way. So you're getting him for his age 30 season. I just... Uh... Yeah, I don't know. I just, that seems really risky for the for the kind of player that we're seeing Chris Bryant become.
1: Yeah, I mean, even if we assume that MLB trade rumors has the correct valuation or is anywhere close to right um, on these, mm-hmm. they have Simeon at six years, one hundred thirty eight million. Well, Bryant is at six years, one sixty. Like Simeon's a better player, and even though he's a couple yep. years older. He can still play a good shortstop. He can still play a good second. He's going to be able to play third in a few years. Like I, I have very few doubts that that Simeon is going to maintain his defensive value uh, into the fifth, sixth year of that contract, um, whereas Bryant is kind of fringy there now. Like The versatility yeah. part of Bryant's game is a little bit overrated because it's not like he's mm-hmm. great at any of the spots he plays. He's okay, and the bat is pretty good. But yeah, like when you look at the other, some of the other signings that are going, um, you know, according to MLB trade rumors, I'd rather have Simeon at six and 138. Um, mm. You know, especially when you consider they also have Trevor Story at six and 126. Um, right. So yeah, I just, to me, that, that's a no. I'm, I'm not giving Chris Bryant six years. I, I, the versatility part of his game is a little bit overrated. Um, I, I, I would maybe go up to five. And even that I'd, I'd be mm. pretty hesitant to, uh, to do. I just rather go spend a little bit extra and go get Simeon.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. Curtis Christensen here at courtesy baseball has a, uh, trade idea. Actually, uh, Mariners, uh, it's a three team trade by the way, with the Padres and the Cubs in which the Mariners get Adam Frazier and Wilson Contreras. The Padres get Drew Steckenrider, Ian Happ and Kyle Hendricks and the Cubs get Jackson Merrill, Zach, Deloach, Tom Murphy and Reese Nair. Um, first thought is the, uh, the Cubs aren't getting enough. Nope. Right. Like that's, that's the first thought right there. Um, I think it's fine for the Mariners and the Padres, but I mean, it's a lot of assets. The Cubs are giving up and they're just, I mean, Deloach is a, is a good prospect. Don't get me wrong, but it's just, uh, I don't know. He, he continuously is a, uh, very o- overvalued asset here in the, the Mariners fandom. Um, That's why we have the meme of top prospect, Zach Deloach. Right. Um, Yeah, I just said the the Cubs need more here. Cubs need more here.
1: Yeah. Um, It's an absolute steal for the Mariners, and and, uh, it's not something the Cubs are going to do. What's interesting is is I'm wondering if maybe the Cubs aren't going to be super sellers this year because mm. they did claim Wade Miley in exercise his option sure. and, and i guess they could try and trade him this winter um, but that's not a move that you would expect the cubs to make if they're getting ready to trade hendricks and and you know basically anybody who's who's not bolted down so we'll see how the rest of the offseason goes but I, I think contreras could be traded still but i i the the claim of of wade miley does give me some pause unless they're going to try and flip them uh, this winter, mm-hmm. um, which is, which is possible, but I, I'd be I, hilarious that, if they did that, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> yes, it would be um, watch him get like a, a really solid prospect, like a Pete Crow Armstrong type um, okay. and the, and the wretches gave him up for nothing. So uh, yeah, I, I would push the pause button on any Cubs trades until we see how they act the rest of this off season uh, just because the Miley deal was, I mean, it was, it was a great deal for them, but it's still mm. a little weird if you expect a team to, to rebuild to, to claim an expensive veteran on waivers.
0: All right, we have a few more questions to answer, but we'll get to those in just a moment. Real quick, got to remind you that this episode of Lockdown Mariners is brought to you by Bilt Bar. I love Thanksgiving. It's all the good food and treats and plenty of them to go around. But maybe you want a yummy dessert, one that isn't so full of calories and sugar. Well, it's the perfect time for built Bars. Built Bar is the new holiday dessert. Feast on something delicious and feel good about it for once. One slice of pie has an upwards of 300 calories, and that's on the low end if you're lucky. Meanwhile, most built Bars are only 130 calories and only 4 grams of sugar with plenty of protein. So replace the coconut cream pie with coconut built Bar. Or go for a raspberry built Bar instead of that raspberry pie. There are lots of good flavors to so replace any pie or any other unhealthy, fattening dessert. Low calories, low carbs, low fat, high protein covered in 100% real chocolate. Bilt is a great option for when you're hungry. If Thanksgiving isn't coming soon enough, go for a Bilt Bar or two. Share some at your family gatherings. It will make things less awkward, I promise you. And maybe Aunt Betty hasn't even tried a Built Bar yet. New surprises all month. Limited time flavors arriving at Built.com regularly. So check the site often. And of course, there's nothing like a Built Bar Black Friday. So mark your calendar. Black Friday will be a huge event with all sorts of surprises. So go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your order. It's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 15% off your order at built.com. Got a few more questions to answer here on Locked On. Mariners starting with at M-J-F-B-80 on Twitter. Do you see the Mariners using their payroll flexibility by taking on a bad contract to lower the prospect capital in a trade or buying a prospect? Um, yeah, I can potentially see it. You know, one name uh, sticking with the red seam here. Maybe Mike Moustakis. Mm-hmm. What do you think about yeah, that, Colby?
1: Yeah, that's the thing when you're when you're taking on a salary, or if the Mariners are taking on a salary, I don't think they're just taking on a guy who doesn't fit, and then they're gonna like DFA him or whatever. Like, I don't think they're gonna take on Shogo Akiyama because Akiyama doesn't help. Like, there's very little upside mm. to, or possibility of him helping. Mike Mustakis can play a little second, not very well. He can play a little third. He can play some first. Um, yeah, there's still some you know possibility that he might hit at a pretty good level. Um, I mean, he's basically Kyle Seeger. um, very similar, uh, you know, type of players. So, um, if they take on his salary and hypothetically, let's say they get like Tyler Malley, right. And it, it lowers the mm-hmm. cost to get acquire Tyler Malley. That's fine because while Mustakas probably isn't going to be worth his like $18 million, $16 million. Per, okay. Yeah. Well, he's probably not going to be worth that. He's not, awful and there's a chance that you do get more value than that out of him. Um and you probably so also
0: get some money from the reds as well to help would, a little bit. You would
1: you would think but eh. mm. but all, all you need from from is to be worth that money is just go basically be what you were in 2020 230 331 468 106 WRC plus. I mean that's nothing special but it's useful. So yeah. As a bench um, yeah.
0: player absolutely. Absolutely. Talk yeah, about raising the floor of your bench. That's, yeah, that's absolutely one way to
1: do it. Some kind of platoon with Toro or something like that. Or sure. That's whatever it. Yeah, whatever it is. He's still got some power. Um, strikeouts have gone up, which is concerning, but for the most part, he's been pretty good at avoiding strikeouts. So yeah, there, there's enough. He's just young enough and there's just enough potential value in a guy like Moustakis that they would take on salary for him. Whereas a guy like mm-hmm. Akiyama, there's just really no value. He doesn't fit on the Mariners roster, so I don't think they would take him on. So yes, to take mm-hmm. on salary, to you know lessen prospect costs, but only if the salary you're taking on is actually a player who can help you as well. Um, yeah. I think that's probably where the Mariners stand.
0: All right, Daisy Dingo wants us to uh, fill in the blank here. In your ideal and realistic bullpen next season, Paul Seawald is the blank best reliever. So is he the first best, the second seventh. best, the third? Seventh. <laughs> Seventh.
1: Um, yes, in my dream <laughs> scenario. Um, yes. It's kind of tough because what Paul Seawald are we getting? Just you want me to look at like the totality and just assume that he repeats those numbers are pretty close or you want September sure. Paul Seawald because that's 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 a lot different than, than July and August Paul Seawald. So um, just in totality, if, if Paul Seawald is your third, probably would be most ideal mm-hmm.
0: um and are you putting giles and castillo ahead of him in that yeah. scenario yeah. yeah so that's not a newcomer no yeah well i mean technically giles is a newcomer but
1: yeah technically but yeah i mean it'd be great if he was the fourth and the guy who jumps him is also already here like i mean i don't Munoz or, or whoever so uh, pick a guy Sadler. it'd be great if he was yeah it'd be great if he was fourth and, and honestly you could argue that you know sad that I uh, mean also
0: Steckham Rider is also still here yeah, right
1: now so right and that's you could argue that second rider and Sadler were better than Seawald and certainly in September uh, so yeah. yeah he might already be the third best and so uh, yeah mm-hmm. if he's third if he's the third best reliever in your bullpen I think you're doing pretty well if he's fourth I think you've got a really good bullpen so we'll mm-hmm. see. Uh,
0: so uh, Daisy Dingo also has a, another question about the relievers. Do you expect the Poto to spend more than he usually would on relievers this offseason? No. If so, give me three free agent relievers to watch. Wink, wink, Rizel Iglesias. Rizel uh, Iglesias somehow got the qualifying offer from yeah, the it's, uh, Angels. It, so that was,
1: It's a hell no on Iglesias, by the way.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Colin McHugh, Definitely someone uh, I would look That's at. True. And to... Uh, to answer the question of would he spend more than he usually would on relievers? Probably not. I don't think there's really a need to go out and buy a, you know, a, a reliever that's going to make eight to 10, $12 million this year. Mm-hmm. Um, because you have guys, you have guys on the back end of your bullpen. That's like the least, you know, that's the position that I'm least worried about. Uh, but yeah, Colin McHugh's one guy, Aaron loop is someone that is, uh, you know, lefty that's, uh, coming off of a really good
1: year and, in, uh, in New York. Steve c of course. Um, of course you had to mention Steve c of course. <laughs> that is the show's Jonathan VR. Uh, <laughs> only the patrons will understand. Um, <laughs> but I, if I remember correctly, they there was some report that they had some interest in uh, Archie Bradley last winter. Um, so right. maybe he didn't have a, a very good year this year, but maybe he's the guy. Um, I just don't see Seattle spending... Significant money on their bullpen. I think they feel pretty good with what they have. Um, that doesn't mean they won't go and, and add more lottery tickets like Sadler and and Seawald and Steckerizer. Yeah. yeah, like yeah. pretty much everybody in their bullpen last year was Kendall Graveman. Even was was like that. So yeah, uh, they'll they'll go add some of those guys, and they might get one or two surprises. But I don't think they're going to go out and spend you know twelve million dollars a year on on no. Iglesias. At least I hope not. Um, or Kenley Jansen or Joe Kelly or whoever like no thanks Um, Joe Kelly
0: would be fun though and he does add to team brawl all right lightning round real quick before we hop off Cameron W at Mariners Trident in a world where we do sign Mark Canna is he your leadoff hitter and where does he start in the outfield uh too early to tell if he's your leadoff hitter or not. He could fit pretty much anywhere mm-hmm. in your lineup, but it depends on what else you do. If he's signed Market Semian, Semian should probably be your leadoff guy. Uh as for where he starts in the outfield, hopefully in a corner spot, hopefully mm-hmm. in the left preferably. Ideal. Um yeah, but uh yeah, hopefully not center field. You should uh, you should do better in center field.
1: Yeah, he's not awful out there, but you should you should aim for good in center field, not <laughs> not awful. If that makes sense, um, mm-hmm. yeah, he belongs in a corner. Probably left field is where he's best suited to play. Um, mm-hmm. Would he be the leadoff hitter? He could be, sure. I mean, can is the type of guy who could probably hit one through one, two, five, somewhere in that. Uh, you, you could hit him three or four, I guess, but he's probably best suited for first, second, or, or fifth. So. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, it's it's definitely possible but you have to see the rest of the uh the off season before we can answer that.
0: Yeah. I also want to give a shout out to uh Aiden at SFNE58. He also asked about Louis, uh, Luis uh Castillo and uh what the package would look like. So, uh sorry for not shouting you out earlier when we answered that question, but did want to make sure I acknowledged that you uh you also asked that. Um Famous Jameis at eating underscore Ws. Do you guys remember when Tigers pitcher Armando Armando Galaraga had his perfect game taken away from him because of the blown call at first base, which would have been the last out? Uh famous Jameis says that he randomly thinks or that they randomly think about it uh way more than they should. Um yeah, uh I I, I do remember I do remember that. That was an awful call and uh he should have uh should have been given that uh that perfect game. Agreed. But alas, MLB umpiring strikes again. Indeed. Uh, And then uh, last uh, question here. It's a trade idea from uh, Daisy Dingo as well. Uh, Daisy underscore Dingo on Twitter. M's receive Matt Chapman and Tony Kemp. The A's receive Kyle Lewis, Abraham Toro, Zach Deloach, and Brandon Williamson. This is a lot, way too much for Matt Chapman and Tony Kemp that I'm comfortable giving up.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're basically giving the A's three guys who are going to contribute at the major league level this year, um, mm-hmm. who have, I think, about 15 years of club control. Uh, for a guy, for two guys who have a total of four years of club control, and Kemp is kind of coming off a career year, and Chapman is is, is a big risk. I, I think, I think we need to mm-hmm. stop. Uh, in general, the Mariners fan base needs to stop treating. Matt Chapman like he's some sure thing. Uh he's not. There is a lot of risk with Matt Chapman with mm-hmm. his hip injury, with his bat, which is quickly declining, the strikeouts are way up. There's a lot of, of potential, you know, downside to to trading for Matt Chapman. So you gotta be careful there.
0: Yeah, he's just not worth that package. That's a lot. Yeah. And Tony Kemp is ultimately inconsequential here, um, in regards to this package overall. Uh, even though he was a two and a half win player last year, still just pretty unexciting generally speaking uh so yeah if i'm the mariners i say no to that deal um anyway that's uh that's gonna do it for our show today thank you so much for sending us all your questions especially on short notice i thought i had already tweeted the thing out last night when i was at the movies but uh i guess it didn't it, it either didn't send or i just got to send who knows but thank you so much uh, again for joining us here on Lockdown Mariners and for Colby Pat node I'm Ty Dane Gonzalez be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners you can follow me at Dane Gonzalez that's D-A-N-E G-N-Z-L-Z and Colby at Pat 11 that's C-P-A-T-1-1 you can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode and uh, thank you again for making us your first listen of the day just like you do every day we'll be back tomorrow and hopefully Jerry Depoto gives us some news to talk about but if not we'll be doing mock trade tuesday where we scour baseballtradevalues.com like we always do for you know the weirdest and sometimes good Mariners trade proposals that we can find on there and in the meantime make your second listen of the day locked on MLB prospects where host arm It's a prospect encyclopedia and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow and just like us his his show is free and available on all platforms. So have yourself a beautiful baseball day. Go listen to Arm show and we will see you tomorrow.